0: Welcome to a special holiday storytelling version of Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Go to TalkNorth.com, check out all the other shows. We have the best sports lineup in town, great outdoor and variety content. If you like the show, again, subscribe. We appreciate it. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services, All Energy, Solar, and Twill in the Dining Galleria. Thanks also to our longtime time. Producer Brandon Morton, the lineup, Royce Smalley, former Twins star, current twins broadcaster, Lavelle E. Neil III, Star Tribune columnist. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. We're gonna start some tell-, st- tell some stories, and I'm going to break the ice because I know once we start telling stories, it's gonna something's gonna trigger in your brains and you're gonna remember something really cool. So I'm just gonna start with something very simple. I got I was very lucky at the University of Missouri, they would sent me to cover Royals and Cardinals games when those teams were really good and, you know, and I was stunned that I could walk into a clubhouse three and a half hours for a game and talk to, you know, superstars in the game. And they'd actually answer my questions. So, so I'm going to start this <clears throat> with a couple of memories from, for a young punk. Uh, first time I walked in the Cardinals clubhouse, this is the basically the same group that played in the twins in the, in the 87 world series. Mostly I walk in and it's clear that I don't know what I'm doing. And then I'm scared to death. And that was the accurate diagnosis of my state state. And I'm kind of standing up a you know, typical wallflower at the, the the middle school dance. I don't know who to talk to. I'm afraid to go up to anybody. Willie McGee sees me, comes over, puts his arm around me and says, here, I'll take care of you. And just starts introducing me to, to Cardinals players and telling them they should talk to me. Uh, just, just so far over and above, he didn't know me. He had a, didn't have to do anything like that. Similar experience with Dan and these are, you know, these are Royce contemporaries. I'm talking about here, uh, Royals clubhouse walk in Dan Quisenberry, like, like my personal MC and valet Dan Quisenberry. These are all-star players who just went out of their way for, for no reason to help a young writer. And, you know, every once in a while you, you hear about a a difficult exchange in, in a clubhouse or in a locker room. Those are just so by so far the in the minority. And I, I gotta say, I have lo- one thing I've always loved about baseball is the ability to walk into a clubhouse and there's going to be at least one person who wants to talk baseball or tell stories. It's a, it's a verbal sports an oral history sport. And I, I'm so grateful for people like Willie and Quisenberry who welcome me into it.
1: Uh, Lavelle, what are you thinking? Yeah, those are good people. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about that, too. When I my first year covering ball was like 1995 uh, after that uh, strike year. I uh, covering the Royals, ironically, uh, for the Kansas City Star. And um, and I just wasn't used to how things worked in the clubhouse, and I had to learn that and learn what guys talked about and just, you know, um, just a bunch of different things that help you navigate the clubhouse correctly. I remember Vince Coleman was on the team, and Vince would needle me every day. I think I tried to interview him for a story, and he I didn't want to say he blew me off, but, um, you know, he didn't give me like great answers. And then, uh, he was cracking jokes about me and I just wasn't handling it well. And I remember, um, Bob Boone was a manager and he had Greg, the bull lazinski as his, uh, hitting coach. And so bull comes up to me, well, you got to start firing back at these guys. <laughs> and so, um, the next day I think Coleman started in on me and I, took a shot at him for the time the tarp rolled on his leg during the postseason, And Dave Henderson was sitting next to Coleman and Henderson just started breaking out laughing and Coleman never messed with me again. <laughs> and I, 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 I learned that you got to take it and dish it out a little bit. Sometimes it's part of the reportage that goes on in the major league clubhouse.
0: <laughs> By the way, you bring up Luzinski. It reminds me of uh, when I started you know, talking to baseball writers about how you cover baseball. He's I mean, just a different animal than any other sport you cover. Uh, there's more access, there's more downtime, there's more casual conversation. They're more friendly, you know, it's more friendly banter that, that's never going to see, uh, publication. And <laughs> I remember, uh, I was talking, I was starting to call baseball rides around the country and you know, just about how do you cover baseball? What's the best method? And they all had Roycey stories. And one of them said that, uh, <laughs> was ripping on, uh, what do you remember at Lavelle what he called the white Sox back then? He wrote, oh, no. basically wrote, you know, It was it was there were some weight jokes, which is ironic, and uh combination (laughs) of the big the big heavy white Sox players in the old softball uniforms they were forced to wear for a while. Roycey ripped on them, and the next day Luzinski uh comes in walking through the the White Sox clubhouse yelling, Bring me Roos.
1: Hey, he wasn't the only one that I would no, yell no. that through the years, <laughs> Patrick. It's so
0: funny. I heard, I I heard, you know, I've heard from writers all over the country. It's back, it's back in the day before the internet. Yes, I covered baseball before the internet was really a factor. You know, we, those of us who were uh, very aggressive, talk to other writers in other cities all the time, looking for tips and, you know, insights, information, leads, and, and. Everybody had a Roycey story, and one of the guys, I think it was Mark Wicker from the Orange County uh, Register, he said that uh, he said that Royce, anytime a player got traded to from the Twins to the Dodgers or the Angels or signed to the Dodgers or the Angels, Roycey called him up, and say, "Hey, he's a pretty good guy. Here's what you need to know about him. Hey, you might not want to tell him you know me."
1: <laughs> oh that doesn't surprise me is that really surprising at all no no it is not It is oh, not.
0: <laughs> all right roy what's top of mind for you today
2: you know i i just uh you guys are uh, went in a direction uh that uh, i can't uh contribute to a whole lot in terms of um you know uh, uh the players and how they treated you which is which is really nice to nice to hear but i as i sit here listening and thinking about players, uh, I, I, I maybe it's time for a gamble story. Uh, and oh and man, so, we haven't
0: heard an Oscar gamble story <laughs> in a long time, and <laughs> I miss them.
2: I don't know if I've told this story. It's difficult uh, to t- to get the full impact on a uh, family f- friendly show because right. you can imagine, you know, what kind of language. <laughs> but we're but uh, speaking of the White Sox, I'm playing for the Yankees, and we're in Comiskey. Now, this is 1983. Billy Martin's the manager, and uh, we're in Comiskey playing the White Sox. And uh, for whatever reason, maybe they started a left-handed pitcher, and and uh, they gave me a uh, gave me a, a break. And uh, Gamble wasn't playing, and there was there were several guys sitting down at one end of the one end of the bench, and Ron Lafleur was playing for the you know for the White Sox. God. Take and, me back. Yeah, right. And rookie of the year, I think, in 1975. We, but he, he and I came up in the, the same year in '75. But it, his past was—I mean, he had he had had a troubled past. Let's let's put it that way. He um, uh, he had been arrested. I think it was I think it was grand theft auto. He did he did some real some real time. Uh, came back out and continued uh, pursuing baseball that guy was one of the most talented guys. He was strong. I mean, just it inc- He was built like Adonis. He could run. He was like Willie Wilson in a, in a tank body. I mean, he could fly. And, uh, I can, I remember playing him hitting me a two hop ground ball in Detroit one time. And, and, you know, I'm taking my time. It's an easy play and I got a good arm and, you know, and I look up and I had to absolutely gun it. He, he and I got him by about a half a step on a two-hop ground ball. It was, it was, you know, Byron Buxton kind of speed down the line, uh, and and so with that is a the background, uh, we're sitting down at the end of the bench. And now, all these years later, 1983 with the Yankees, and Lafleur is getting toward the end of his uh, career. Could still run. He's playing for the White Sox. He comes to bat. And there's conversation down at the end of the bench about Ron LaFleur. Man, he can really, really run. And uh, still, at his age, I mean, he can, he can still still run. And I, and I told a story about, you know, the first ground ball he ever hit to me. I said, man, you think he can run now? He could, when he first came up, he could absolutely fly. And there's a the little uh, moment of silence there, and the, Oscar Gamble says, "The Dodgers just signed the cop that caught him. You should see that so-and-so." <laughs> and <laughs> we and we oh fell over uh, down. We started laughing. Mark, Billy was down at the end of the bench. He whips his head around. You know what the hell are these guys laughing about in the, in the dugout during the game? But you know, G- Gamble
0: was like that. He was likely to say anything at, Oh, I love it! Uh, hey, uh, we we lost Roy. Sorry Rory. about that. No, it's okay. Uh, great stuff. Let's start the second round of stories, and I will mention it to Billy, Billy Martin in my own way as I do that. I do want to thank Aquarius Home Services Studio. Here's more about Aquarius Home Services. Ho, ho, ho. The holiday season is here. And so are the cold winter temps. Is your old worn-out furnace keeping you warm? Aquarius Home Services is here to help keep you cozy all year long with our holiday super sale. Give your home a cozy, comfy, worry-free upgrade. And enjoy 25% off a new whole home heating and cooling system. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com today and schedule your free in-home consultation. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended also want to let you know that All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach, whether you're looking at solar for home, business, or both. I uh, also want to thank my friend Scott Dayton in Dyna Galleria. Uh, 12 by Scott Dayton is his shop. He takes great pride in it. He handpicks the uh, the brands. He's a Peter Mar- Millar crown shop. I think he's the only one in the upper Midwest great Stenstrom stuff, a lot of Johnny O stuff that I love for casual wear, uh, Brax pants, Alden shoes, uh, great accessories. There's always something surprising when I go in there too. So this time of year, it's not only a great place to shop, it's a great place to buy gifts because you're going to be buying top-of-the-line stuff and you're going to have people taking really good care of you in the shop. Twill in the dining gallery at twillmn.com. So I'll start second round with, um, once again, go back to me being a punk young uh, sports writer. And I'm working for the Dallas Morning News. They send me out to Arlington, and I'm, at this point, I'm am covering high school sports, right? So, they, but they, they they realize that I want I really want to cover baseball at some point in my life. I want to learn how it does it. I'm volunteering to work extra on my own time to kind of get an idea of how everything works. So one day, the sports editor calls me up. says hey, You need to go to Arlington. He said, Oh, the the ballpark. He said, No, the strip club. I said, What? <laughs> He said, well, yep, Billy Martin got beat up at a strip club walking distance from Arlington Stadium, and you have to go write about it. And I'm just, I'm, so I I do go to the strip club, believe it or not. I have to interview people about Billy Martin getting beat up. Then I have to go to the ballpark and try to talk to Yankees players about it. And uh, let's, Roy, this is kind of the opposite of those other stories where people were really nice to me. They weren't really that nice to me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> You know, know, as a young sports writer, I never envisioned getting sent to cover a major league, a Yankees manager getting beat up in a seedy little strip club next to a ballpark.
2: You know, it's just, it's a tough job that research, but (laughs) somebody's got to do it. There you go. I (laughs) I always wonder how, how, what was the ratio of time you spent in the strip club uh, versus the clubhouse? That that one. Well, I,
0: I will say this, that, uh, in both cases, I ta- I was talking to people who were mostly naked, who really didn't want to talk to me.
1: <laughs> well, Billy didn't have a street club to hang out in the Twin Cities. His place was Howard Wong's in Bloomington. That was That's uh, right. that was his hangout. And the, 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 there's a loose connection to me because uh, Howard Wong's daughter Donna Wong married Al Baker, who owned Al Baker's, the bar in Egan, where I used to hang out when I first moved here in 19. 19- 97. So Donna would had, she had a couple of Billy stories <laughs> about his anti- antics at Howard Wong. So, um, Billy got around, definitely got around. So, hey, I looked up, uh, quickly looked up some Ron Leflore stuff. He was in jail at age 22 for armed robbery. He like yep. walked into a bar with a rifle and tried oh, geez, to rob.
2: Okay, it was, it
1: was worse <laughs> try- than I thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like, um, 1973, when he was uh, discovered in a in, in the prison and given a tryout, so he was 25 when his baseball organized yep. baseball career started. Yeah, what yep. a story.
0: Yep. I wonder it's if any sports writers he, were hesitant to criticize him during his career.
2: Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you look at he was the most one of the most imposing looking uh, oh, bodies he's he, he ever. Oh my gosh, just incredible. So I mean, here's here's a guy that's. Um, You know that's that's built like um, uh, I don't know I don't know what like not like few people are, and um, he's been known to carry a shotgun in somewhere. I I don't think anybody messed with him.
1: No. Well, yeah, you can you can uh, you can come up with a team of players who were just the most imposing, fright frightening players in the history of the game. I mean, Jeff Leonard was called Penitentiary Face, you know. (laughs) For, 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 for christ's sakes and roy i can't i don't know if you play with him but the twins it was 85 86 twins had a pitcher who was a freedom fighter in nicaragua oh yeah absolutely <laughs> um oh gosh al um williams al williams albert williams yep. yeah, yeah wow. absolutely
2: Good, role. absolutely and, and no one ever no one ever knew Quite how to approach uh, Al either. I mean, he, he was a really good guy, but there was something about, there was something lurking that you know, uh, you know I i don't know. I don't know uh, exactly what he's thinking right now. I think I'm just going to go somewhere else.
1: I know Ken Herbig <laughs> said that they would try to mess around with Al, and all of a sudden he would just say, I'm going to get you. And yeah. then he would just stop. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. All of a sudden, he'd be laughing and joking at everybody, and then all of a sudden, his face would just turn to stone. And he goes, "You know, I can get you," and it's like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I really believe. Come to after if I haven't played with him for a full season, I, I really, I, I think it was all it was
0: all an act. But
2: uh, you never really knew.
0: Man,
1: all right. anybody else got a good story for this week? Uh let's see here. You know. Christmas, the holidays, is always a, a kind of a big uh, checkpoint in my offseason. I mean, for the years I covered baseball, I know I'm a columnist now, and I like being a columnist. It's allowed me to interview people from different sporting backgrounds, and it's forced me to be a little more critical and analytical. Um, but I do miss some things about, about baseball, and one was spring training. Um, 45 days in Florida when it's like five degrees above zero, here in the Twin Cities with two feet of snow on the ground. No, I'm winning in that uh, trade-off there. So mentally for me, it was like you get through uh, the holiday season and then you just got a month and then you're headed to Florida. So for me, I was always wound up about Christmas and New Year's because um, it meant that I was getting close to uh, getting prepared to go down to Florida to cover camp again. So um, hopefully I'll get – a chance to get down there this year, uh, to cover spring training. I, I still like going down there. Um, and it's great cause you immerse yourself in baseball. You get up here at the ballpark at eight o'clock in the morning you may be there as late as six at night and you do not care because it's great weather and you're talking baseball all day. You know, it's, it's, uh, like I said, it's an immersion program, um, uh, for, for baseball writing. So, uh, I can't wait to get the chance to get down there this year. And Jim, um, the house this year is at Heritage Palms, so it's right down the road from the ballpark.
0: Beautiful. That's the best thing is being close to the ballpark in spring training. I love it.
1: Remember um, those days? I
0: used to stay at Brookshire. Yeah, we well, then you could walk home from Potts if you had to.
2: Absolutely. I got I got to tell you guys though, spring training. Everything you say about spring training, Lavelle is is great as and it's great as a player too. I mean, it's a it's a nine to five job in in beautiful weather. I mean, what and, and what could you uh, what, what could possibly be better. But spring training is different now than it used to be. And I just want to yeah. tell you a quick story about the way it was in the old days. When I first came up to the uh, club in 1975 with the Texas Rangers, it, there was a uh, guy there that uh, named uh, – and uh, Billy's a manager uh, back there. He was my first big league manager. And I can't remember if this was my first spring training in 74 before I went to the minor leagues or in 75 when I ultimately got – got to the big leagues, but there was a, there was a pitcher uh, named Pat Jarvis and it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, he was, a, you know, if nobody has ever heard that name ever, but he was a decent pitcher in the big leagues for a little while. Is at the end of his career trying to, trying to hang on, but he was a jokester and hilarious and a real eye-opener for me. Uh, just some of the things that he would say, some of the things that they, he would do between him and Jim Fergosi, I mean, we're just laughing, uh, you know, all the, all the time. So, one day in the clubhouse, uh, you just hear this eruption. This guy's just mad, and, you know, he, he, he comes in after the— he, we all come into the clubhouse after, after working out, and uh, a guy, you know, takes a shower, puts his clo- goes to put his clothes on, and his, his pants have been cut off at the knees, you know. He's, and, and, oh, and he's gonna be like, what the, what the heck? And uh, every day that for about a week, someone would come in and their pants, you know, you, you've heard about restaurants that cut people's ties off. They, I mean, these are pants have been cut off at, at the knees. The guys are pulling their pants up. You know, they have to go home with uh, really bad looking Bermuda shorts. And uh, and it was starting to get, it turned out this Pat Jarvis guy was the one who was doing it. He, he would sneak in during the game or during the workout, whatever, and figure out some way to do that. Guys were getting mad and they were starting to suspect that he was the guy. So one day uh, he, we come in. he, Everyone takes a shower. Pat comes comes in, puts his pants on. They were cut off at the knees, and he just starts screaming. Like, okay, who was? It? Well, he cut his own pants off to throw him off the trail. <laughs> oh
1: boy! <laughs> and,
2: it's, and it took it took everybody about another three, four, five days to realize what he what he had been up to. But I mean. Stuff just doesn't – I mean, there's – I could tell you all kinds of stuff about spring training like that that just doesn't happen anymore. They just don't – they don't do that kind of stuff.
0: No, baseball has become way too professional. I liked it when everybody – I liked it when everybody acted like a third
2: grader. Exactly. Way too serious.
0: Yes. All right, I want to wrap up this show. Uh, by the way, thank you for, for listening all year. Thanks for listening to this show. Uh, this show continues to, to attract new listeners. Please spread the word to your friends. Uh, we we love growing this network, and we I think this is a really good, fun, informative show. Great insights from different angles. Uh, it's been a blast to do with Roy and Lavelle. Thanks to Brandon for, for pitching in. Let's wrap up this holiday version of this show with Roy repeating the famous line from Oscar Gamble. <laughs> some people don't think it'd be like it is but it do yeah we gotta have t-shirts made up we really have to get t-shirts made up of that because, you know what right it's, hard line, to argue. it's really hard to line, argue with that it was the greatest line that's ever been uttered it's fantastic all right hey Happy Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Uh, thanks for all your work all year, gentlemen. And Brandon, uh, not that Brandon isn't a gentleman, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, really enjoyed doing the show with you guys. I appreciate it, and we'll talk soon.